you sometimes wish that you could have a do-over, right? You ever feel that way? Like, man, I wish I could have a do-over. That stupid thing you did as a kid? I did a lot of stupid things. <laughs> One that came to mind, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember this, when you were a kid, if you're somewhere close to me in age, between your mid-30s and your mid-40s. Now, I was growing up in the Middle East, so maybe this was a Middle Eastern affectation, but uh, the corner store used to sell fake cigarettes. They were like bubblegum. Talk about evil corporations. I have a great idea. Let's sell them bubblegum cigarettes so we get them hooked at the age of seven. And so everyone had these, and we would you know, walk around recess with these fake cigarettes on our mouth like we were cool or something. I remember I wanted some one day, and... Uh, didn't have any money, so I snuck into the makolet, which is what you call a corner store in Israel, and I stole some. And I was so stupid, right? You're stupid at it's grade two, so I was, what, six and a half, seven? Of course, I go back to the same makolet the next day to buy my chocolate milk and lachmania, a little piece of bread, traditional Jerusalem breakfast for school kids. Shopkeeper grabbed my ear. He knew I'd stolen it. Of course, I lied about it. I wish I could get that one as a do-over. Even in the present, there's sometimes things you wish you could take back. I did something really stupid this week. I'm embarrassed to tell you about it, but I need to stay with the example, so here we go. Zoe was uh, getting ready to go to her Annie rehearsal. She's playing Annie in RCMPI's production this November. And she and the other Annie, they've double cast it, travel up together. So Regan's dad drives Regan and Zoe up, the two Annies, and then we pick them up at night. It's getting a little tiresome at this point because they finish rehearsal at 10 o'clock. By 10 o'clock, I'm pretty spent. You know, I'm like done. Plus, I'm really sick. The last thing I want to do is stay up past 8 o'clock. It's the end of the day. I'm a little exasperated. It's been a difficult day. I say to Nikki as she's heading out the door to go somewhere, I was like, do we have to do the late night pickup again this week? And she looked at me. She said, yeah. And God help me. I rolled my eyes at that woman and walked back inside. I apologize like six minutes later. It didn't take me long to repent. You know the real kicker? Regan's mom died two years ago, so her dad is single fathering it. He has two little kids. Regan's 11. Her younger brother's seven. So the reason we agreed to do the late night pickup is because who is it easier for, us or him? It's easier for us. I'm such a word I can't even say in church. Right? I wish I could have that one over. I was afraid to mention that to you as I was lying in bed last night thinking about it at 3 in the morning. I was like, wow. What are they going to think of me? Then I thought, well, hopefully they'll think I'm a sinner saved by grace. The problem is all this obsessing about your past and about your present will sometimes tie you up in knots thinking about your future. Did you ever get that way? Like, when's the next time I'm going to screw something up? (laughs) Did you ever feel that way? You're like, oh, man, I've got foot and mouthitis. Some of you can relate. You're like, what am I going to screw up next, and when's it going to happen? And managing your past, your present, and obsessing about your future can get downright exhausting. Fortunately, Isaiah 51 has a pretty great promise at the end and some powerful instruction embedded in between to help you calm down and stop obsessing. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. 
For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near. My salvation has gone out and my arm will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me. And for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment. And they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever. And my righteousness will never be dismayed. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear not the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their revilings. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahav in pieces, who pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea away for the redeemed to pass over? And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies, of the son of man who is made like grass and have forgotten the Lord your maker? who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. And you fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor when he sets himself to destroy? Where is the wrath of the oppressor? He, is, he who is bowed down shall speedily be released. He shall not die and go down to the pit, neither shall his bread be lacking. I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. Wake yourself. Wake yourself. Stand up, O Jerusalem. You who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath, who have drunk to the dregs the bowl, the cup of staggering. There is none to guide her among all the sons she has borne. There is none to take her by the hand among all the sons she has brought up. These two things have happened to you. Who will console you? Devastation and destruction, famine and sword. Who will comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie at the head of every street like an antelope in a net. They are full of the wrath of God, the rebuke of your Lord. Therefore, hear this, you who are afflicted, who are drunk but not with wine. Thus says the Lord, the Lord your God, who pleads the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering. The bowl of my wrath you shall drink no more, and I will put it into the hand of your tormentors, who have said to you, bow down that we may pass over, and you have made your back like the ground and like the street for them to pass over. I mean, if I could, I would shout. If you want to calm down, you need to remember your roots. Verse 1, listen to me. You who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord, listen to me. Look, look where? To the rock from which you were hewn. Look where? To the quarry from which you were dug. Look to whom? Look to Abraham, your father. To who? And to Sarah who bore you. For he, Abraham, was but one when I called him. Why? That I might bless him and multiply him. I love that the Lord God set up the story of Abraham and Sarah for a big finish. 
wouldn't have been anywhere near as glorious if they'd already had 16 kids when the Lord showed up and promised them that great nations would come from their loins. Much more dramatic that he makes that promise to a childless couple. You want to calm down? Listen to God. Verse 1, listen to me. Not everybody does. Okay, don't get it twisted. Not everybody listens to God. We need to listen to God. You who pursue righteousness and seek the Lord. Here in the Hebrew, the word for pursue is radfu, to chase, literally to run after. And I thought to myself, man, I could do a lot more work to get myself to the point where I am chasing righteousness. And then I thought to myself, what is righteousness? And then I remembered, reminded myself that I am not a Jewish rabbi, and therefore righteousness is not simply doing better or doing more or getting better at doing more, but righteousness is who? Jesus Christ himself. For there is none righteous, no, not one, except who? Jesus Christ, the king of righteousness. So when we read chase righteousness, as Christians, we understand this as chase the righteous one. You'll know God's people because they're chasing Jesus. If I asked your friends about you, said, tell me one of the defining characteristics about so-and-so. I want to challenge you this morning by asking you if they would say to me unsolicited, man, that guy chases Jesus. Man, that girl chases Jesus. Notice, not chases being better, doing better. Not chases being good, being moral. Not chases always doing the right thing in every situation, which is the definition of righteousness. But we know that there's none righteous, no, not one, so we don't spend our time chasing things we will never catch, but we chase Him who has already come to us as God the Son made flesh, Jesus Christ our Savior, the righteous one. He's the one we chase. Get some lipstick this week and start playing some kissing tag with the Most High. I want to be known as a man who chased Jesus. Why? Because only those kind of people will be comforted by a reminder of their spiritual heritage. Look to Abraham, verse 2, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him that I might bless him and multiply him. I want to remind you this morning that Abraham and Sarah's present was just not that impressive when they were living in the midst of it. Y'all feel me? Wasn't that impressive. Just another couple in Haran. Abraham is 75 in Genesis 12. When he leaves Haran, his father's house, to go to a land that this God Jehovah has told him that he will show him. 75 years old. You're like, this is pretty late in life for an act three, Lord. I'm pretty comfortable right now. But he's promised nations. And so though he and his wife are childless, he goes Years later, in Genesis chapter 15, God shows up and shows him the stars. He says, look to the stars and number them if you can. So shall your offspring be. And may I remind you that at that point in his story, Abraham is still childless. 24 years later, in Genesis chapter 17, Abraham is 99 years old and he and Sarai are still Childless, 24 years later. And God makes his covenant with him. Now he cuts a covenant. He says, I will be God to you and you'll be my person. And I'll be God to all your descendants after you. And in you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Finally, the next year, at 100 years old, in Genesis chapter 21, Yitzchak 
is born. Isaac, the son of promise. Born with the name Laughter, because even up to the 11th hour, his mother still didn't believe. Talk about your delayed gratification. (laughs) That's your heritage. Okay, don't miss it. This will change your life. Thank God you're here today. Okay, and I'm not overstating it. That's your heritage. God promises. God comes through. It may take a while, though. That's the rock from which you were hewn. Not great. Again, if I could, I would shout. You're going to be like, you should get sick more often. No more shouting. It's beautiful. Uh, that's your heritage, right? God promises. God comes through. It may take a while, though. So in light of that, stop obsessing and calm down. For the Lord comforts Zion, verse 3. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden. Her desert, like the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the voice of song. I want you to notice here in verse 3, very particularly, all the promises are what tense? Past tense, present tense, or future tense? Future tense. Promises are future tense. God's promises most of the time are future tense, but this beautiful, receive it. His comfort is present tense. Ah! Ah! Right? So his promises are future tense, which is a bit of a bummer, because you're like, 24 years will give you such a crick in the neck. Right? You're like, oh my God, how long is it going to take? 24 years? I can't, it's taking forever, Lord. Okay? But his comfort... <laughs> His comfort is present tense. He comforts all her waste places. So I suggest, instead of obsessing about all the future promises that haven't come true yet, how about you get obsessive about be being filled with the Holy Spirit, a la Ephesians 5.18, who is the comforter, Jesus promised to send in John 14, 16. Flip one for the other. Stop obsessing about all the future promises that haven't come true yet, and instead obsess about the Holy Ghost, who is the comforter that Jesus ascended to the Father's right hand in order to send. In fact, he says to his disciples, look, if I don't go, the comforter's not going to come, and it's of much more benefit to you that the comforter should come rather than I should stay. Think on that. Jesus himself thought it was better that him, the incarnate word of God, should return to the Father so that the Holy Spirit would come than that he would stay himself. So, snuggle up with your comforter. Stop obsessing about what you don't have. And calm down. Give attention to me, my people. Verse 4. And give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. 
So some rapid-fire instruction here for calming down. Verse 4, pay attention to God. All right? Constantly be ratcheting up the amount of time you spend in connection to Him throughout your day. Okay, this is a never-ending story. You can get better and better and better and better and better and better and better at the amount of time you spend connected to the living God day by day. Make that your mission. It'll change your life. Rapid fire. Still in verse 4. Give ear to his law. Okay, what law are we talking about here? Let's go to the words of Jesus himself in John 13. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. John 13, 34 and 35. So, give ear to his commands and do what he says. Love. I would like to be known more as a man of love. And I have a lot of room to go in that area particularly. Fix your eyes on Jesus, verses 4 and 5. Still rapid fire here. The righteous judge, like he's a flashlight in the dark, and wait for him. Okay, you're watching for that flashlight in the dark. If your life feels dark, don't despair. Instead, watch for him. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the righteous judge, and wait for him to show up. And naturally, this will be difficult. Why? Because waiting is not exactly our favorite thing. Am I right? So this will require the shifting of your mindset. Because we all want everything right now, don't we? Yes, we do. We get annoyed if the internet fails to refresh like that. Right? It's going to space, said the comedian. So how do we shift our mindset? We soar our eyes to the heavens. Verse 6 now. Lift your eyes. And the Hebrew is soar. Give your eyes wings. Okay? This is a reminder that lifting your eyes to the heavens, changing your perspective, requires as much work as flying. Soar. And you're not a bird, right? So don't think it's easy for any of us. Soar your eyes to the heavens and be reminded that the present is what? It's wearing out like a garment, but, verse 6, still, my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will never be dismayed. Pay attention to God. Listen to his law and do it. Fix your eyes on Jesus and wait with an eternal mindset. Because if you can develop an eternal mindset, you will soon find that 24 years does not seem that long. And then stop obsessing and calm down. Continuing in verses 7 through 13. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear not the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their revilings. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over? And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. I... I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of man who dies, of the son of man who is made like grass, and have forgotten the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth? And you fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor when he sets himself to destroy. And where is 
the wrath of the oppressor. This beautiful, powerful, almost militaristic section, we see a few more how-tos to live less like an anxious fanatic and more like my favorite, the turtle crush. Oh. My favorite scenes in all cinema. They're surfing the EAC, and the kids are having some fun, and little squirt goes a little too fast, takes the corner, and pops out of the EAC. And Marlon, the father, and Nemo wants to rush out and save him. And what does Turtle Crush say? Oh, 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 kill the motor, dude. Let us see what Squirt does flying solo. Ah, oh, dude. I want to be more like Turtle Crush. Yes, I do. I want to be more like him. Calm down. Why? Because we know what is right. Because God's law is in our heart. So you don't have to obsess about legalism anymore. Calm down because we're not afraid of people. Why? Because we know that those who hate Jesus are destined for corruption, but we are destined for eternal life. Calm down because you know that God isn't asleep. In fact, He's awake and He's doing the same work now that He's always done. And that work is this, saving His people and bringing them home with singing and everlasting joy. Calm down because He comforts you so you never need to be afraid. Just stop forgetting Him all the time. That way you'll never have to fear oppression. It's awesome, Jelly Man. Little dudes are just eggs. You leave them on the beach to hatch, and cuckoo-cachoo, they find their way back to the big old blue. Ah. Like squirt, we are going home. So what do you got to worry about? That'll preach good. Damn the cold. He who is bowed down shall speedily be released. Verse 14. He shall not die and go down to the pit, neither shall his bread be lacking. I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. Wake yourself. Wake yourself. Stand up, O Yehushalayim. You who have drunk from the hand of the Lord the cup of his wrath, who have drunk to the dregs the bowl, the cup of staggering, there is none to guide her among all the sons she has borne. There is none to take her by the hand among all the sons she has brought up. These two things have happened to you. Who will console you? Devastation, destruction, famine, and sword. Who will comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie at the head of every street like an antelope in a net they're full of the wrath of the Lord the rebuke of your God therefore hear this you who are afflicted who are drunk but not with wine thus says your Lord the Lord your God who pleads the cause of his people behold I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering the bowl of my wrath you shall drink no more okay a few quick points here I'm almost done salvation when it comes will come quick so you got to wait for it But when it comes, it comes quick. I like that one. Another point, help you calm down. You're not going to hell. Awesome. Awesome. Um, You'll have everything you need. Your bread will never run out. The God of armies is your Lord. Yes, it's the God of armies, the Lord, the Lord. Adonai Tzvaot, he is your God. You're definitely on the winning team. So relax. His words are in your mouth. You're sheltered in his hand. 
You're his people. So wake up. Wake up. And know that the suffering you endured was real. And the losses you have felt are actual. But now it's time to stand up. Because even though you have drunk the cup of bitterness down to the dregs, and it may feel sometimes like all hope is lost, hear this, you who are afflicted, who are drunk but not with wine. Thus says your Lord, the Lord your God, hear this, who pleads the cause of his people. And worship team, I'm almost done. Who pleads the cause of his people? Jesus Christ, the intercessor, seated at the Father's right hand, pleads the cause of his people. The same Jesus who went to the cross to suffer and die in your place for your sins and to rise again for your salvation after he arose and spent some time hanging out with his friends, did what? Ascended to his Father's right hand, sat down in victory and began what? Interceding for you, also known as pleading your cause. And this is what that Jesus says. Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering. The bowl of my wrath you shall drink no more. And I will put it, hear this, in the hand of your tormentors. Jesus says, the day is coming when suffering flips. From you to your tormentors. So, calm down. Stop obsessing, because as it turns out, you are not going to need a do-over after all.